Last night we started watching a movie here and the first scene was a low angle, close up tracking some boxes that a delivery person was rolling through a bustling shopping mall. And my first thought wasn't, hmm, what's in those boxes? Why are they important? Why is this the first shot? Instead, I'm thinking, oh, look at all those people. They're too close together. They might get sick. They might get someone else sick. And then another shot, people in Paris. And I think, oh, look at that beautiful Eiffel Tower. My gut goes, what? They got on a plane? In the words of a fellow pastor, what a year it has been this week. What a radical change. What radical upheaval and constriction and challenge down to every little thing in our lives now. Like yesterday outside our front door, I'm disinfecting stuff coming out of an Amazon box. I don't want the box in our house. And I'm thinking about the really great suggestion from a YouTube video that we should all think of virus as glitter. And our job is to get rid of the glitter so it won't get on us or in our homes. It's only been 16 days since we closed the church and 10 days since the edict came down for us to be safer at home. 16 days since we as a community have been living into loving each other, loving our neighbors as we love ourselves by being safer at home. And look at us now, we're texting, emailing, phone calling, Zooming like never before. How many of us had ever Zoomed or even knew Zoom existed before? And now we mean it when we say, see you at church. And this is what we're referring to. And I'm so, oh, I get choked up. I'm so, so grateful we can see each other this way, that we can connect as the body of Christ, that we can see each other this way and connect with God's love for us amidst the suffering and separation of this time. But clearly, in my heart, I do feel exiled. And just like absorbing those scenes on TV differently, I'm now absorbing scripture differently. Everything has new dimensions of meaning. Like, did you hear the first line of the psalm? Out of the depths have I called to you, O Lord? Holy smokes, from this pandemic, God, we cry to you cry to you in a new way that none of us have ever cried before. And then I hear the gospel story of Lazarus before he's raised, and I'm not connecting with the joy of renewed life and renewed faith when he pops out of that tomb. I'm with Mary and Martha's frustration and grief that Jesus didn't heal their brother before he died like they wanted. I'm with Jesus weeping, weeping with all of us over the pain and suffering of death. I'm in that before land of exile with grief, feeling adrift and waiting. It's a painful land before new life. And it's the valley of the dry, dry bones that we heard about in the first reading from Ezekiel's vision. In this vision, Ezekiel was in exile with the people of Israel. 
and he's plucked up by the spirit of God and set down in the middle of a valley. And the valley is littered everywhere with the dry bones, the separated bones of people. And God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? The question is, can there be life again for these scattered bones? And it's, it's a great question for us. Can these bones live? When we as a people and over 200 million in America alone are physically separated from one another, when around the world people are getting sick and dying, some people we know and love are sick and potentially dying, and a few have died. Is there life for us as a people and a nation and a globe? And Ezekiel's response to God is, oh Lord, you know. You could read that a lot of ways. Oh Lord, God, you know. This is Ezekiel throwing up his hands. I like, I have no clue, can these bones live? Or is it a statement of faith? Is Ezekiel confidently affirming God's power? Or maybe it's Ezekiel's prayer, his desire, like our desire for the virus to be gone, for restoration to life before. As Ezekiel looks out over all the bones, I think about all of us looking out at all of us scattered in our homes, feeling abandoned perhaps, a lot of questions, perhaps. When's God going to help? Where is God? And God tells Ezekiel to tell the bones that I, God, I will lay sinews on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. It's a two-stage process. First, the bones are pulled back together with the sinews, then the flesh, then the skin. But to really live, the bones need God's breath of life. And that's what happens. The breath comes into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Now, I don't mean this to sound silly, but... In thinking about these scattered dry bones and then worshiping as we are now and the connections we've made and that we hear about everybody making with families and loved ones in our work, I can't help think, but think that maybe at this time, the sinews God's given us, the flesh, the skin, is a gift of the internet, is a gift of communication. The gift of being able to connect and become one body online. And I am seeing through so many of you, the breath of God breathing life into our reformed bones with this communication connection. And I see how the Holy Spirit's been moving among you and among us, how God's grace and compassion and fellowship has been flowing. It's been flowing as we care for one another, as we uphold people we love, as challenging as that can be, locked in our homes. As we uphold people in our community, upholding colleagues or former colleagues. And I see God's breath animating those among us who are on the front lines, 
people working or serving in essential service capacities. And what has been most inspiring just these last couple of days is seeing the breath of God reanimating many dimensions of the public and corporate sphere. We're seeing leaders, especially locally and here in our state, set aside any squabbling and they are putting the lives of each and every human being at the very top priority. And then hundreds of corporations are stepping up to serve, many of them gratis for free. 7-Eleven is donating 1 million N95 masks that they have warehoused. And then there's this company, Bloom Energy. If you saw Governor Newsom's press conference, Bloom Energy in Silicon Valley has converted one of their warehouses into refurbishing broken ventilators. And on Friday, 170 ventilators from the federal stockpile arrive in LA, but they've been in storage so long, none of them worked. And bingo, a truck is pro procured. And by 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, they are being refurbished in this company that has absolutely nothing to do with medical equipment. We have distilleries making hand sanitizer, and clothing manufacturers, The Gap, and dozens upon dozens of others making masks and God, gowns. This is the breath of God taking scattered fearful bones, not just of us as individuals, but as us as a community, as us as a city, a state, a nation, and giving new life to serve humanity in the way God wants us to serve humanity. And it's interesting, you think about God stitching these dry bones together with the sinews. Those bones, there's no magic wand that converts those back to young, healthy bones that they were before. The bones inside are dry from the suffering, but they live anew. The pain isn't erased, it's real. What is new is how God pulls us together. And what gives us life is God's breath. God's breath is with us on every inhale. God is as close to us as the breath we breathe. And God is just as close to us when our earthly breath germ joins the realm of eternal breath. So let us see what Ezekiel sees, that in this valley of dry bones, our bones belong to God. Our bones are stitched together by God into the body of Christ, that through God we do have the breath of life, and that with this breath of life and this new life, we know that God is Lord of all. Amen.